The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Welcome to our show on the five sex languages. I'm Ann Beal, and my guest today is Dr. Doug Weiss. We have a Valentine's Day show preparation for you today. Valentine's Day is fast approaching, and all you romantics out there want to make it a special one. So Dr. Doug Weiss is here today to help you do that. He is going to teach us about the five sex languages from his new book by the same title, The Five Sex Languages. Doug is the clinical director of Heart to Heart Counseling Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and president of the American Association for Sex. Welcome to the Living Well Show today, Doug. Well, it is so good to be here. I'm excited, Ann. Well, Doug, I, I, golly, I've known about you for a very long time, and I have seen you on so many shows. I've seen you on Oprah. I saw you on Daystar. Mm-hmm. I guess it was the, the Joni show. And then the kids, her kids had a show as well, and I've seen you on that. I've seen you on, gosh, I can't remember what show it was, and you were on the street, you know, interviewing people and asking them questions. Oh, yeah, that was actually in Fort Worth, right down the street from you. You were kidding. No, that's where we shot it. That was with Daystar. Yeah, that was a fun... That was, was fun with Daystar? And, and that was amazing. It was really good. Well, and one of the things that I find about you, every time I read your books, you've got like 30 books out there on addiction and relationships. And when you're interviewed, I mean, there's lots of people who are specialists out there, but when they're interviewed, nah, they, they can't say things concisely that really mm-hmm. um, make it sound down to earth where people can just relate immensely. They're like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel, or yeah, I can understand sex addiction a lot better, or it helps me understand the struggle better. I feel like you put it in a way that most people can't. Well, that's just where I live. I live pretty simple, so I talk pretty simple. You're simple. <laughs> <laughs> but this well, is going to be a fun you conversation. An, you have an incredible mind. For, go ahead, this is sorry. how people can have a great intimate relationship. And, you know, uh, a lot of Christians don't talk about this. And, you know, this, I get hired a lot to go to churches and do marriage conferences so that we can talk about it. But that you're opening this up this week for people to have a better marriage and to have this part be better is just awesome. Because don't you think on Valentine's people can feel pressure in their relationships? Oh, sure. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like New Year's Day, you, you reevaluate your life. And then I don't know who thought February would be a good time to reevaluate your marriage. But <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if, you're getting, if you're on the way to getting married, Valentine's is awesome. But after you get married, it becomes, am I in love? And, am I, you know, usually it's, you're thinking about you know, what your spouse is doing for you instead of what you're doing for your spouse. I wrote a book called The Servant Marriage keeps you focused on what you're doing. But, you know, you're reevaluating things. And I think one of the things uh, we reevaluate is how are we prioritizing our marriage? Are we getting too busy? Are the kids, kids taking too much time? Are we going on dates? And those are good questions for everybody to ask. 
and Valentine's Day when we kind of just refocus that. Yes, because, you know, it's amazing how many, and I know you run a counseling center too, it's amazing how many women I get that dread Valentine's Day mm. because they know it'll lead that, that they have to have sex with their with their partner. And and I'm I'm totally oh, blown away so by that. Sad. It is sad because they think... I'm glad they're being you know, honest and talking to you as a counselor about that. And you're, you're an awesome counselor, so I'm glad they're trusting you with that. But that's so sad. And what it is is they probably, I mean, you know, it's a get-to instead of a have-to, first of all. So if they're already into a have-to, something's amiss. Maybe well, a lack and, of and I, when I read your husband. book, I mean, I understood it. In some ways, I understand. I never, the five sex languages, I didn't know there were sex languages. And so when I was reading... I saw that personality, that, that language in there that, okay. I, you know, and, and if they have different languages, then they aren't want, somebody's not enjoying the intimacy. Well, that's, that's the fun thing about the, the five sex languages is because you are going to be married to someone like 95% chance who has a different sex language than you. And here's the beautiful thing that God does. I mean, he always puts people that are a little bit different together. I mean, you, you've noticed as a counselor, right, they're never like both save amount, like to save money, one likes to save, one likes to spend, right? One likes to drive fast, one likes to drive slow. I mean, there's always these kind of things in our marriage, and, and it's true in the sexuality as well, that your spouse is going to have a, a sex language. Once you understand it, it can be a blessing to them and to you. And you're going to be different than them, but you're going to love them the way you want to be loved instead of the way they really experience sexuality better. We, the five love languages made such an impact in the world, and mm-hmm. I use it all the time in my practice. And, and when I saw this, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll try to understand it, you know. But it is so, like, I know from reading this that I will be using this. And my husband works with the men and we work with marriages. Oh, we, this will become routine for us on helping couples love each other and have sexual intimacy better. Um, and so I really appreciate you writing it. And I, I really had to think about the show today because I didn't want to get off track. There, I, there's so many things I could ask you about all your books. And you know, hey, what did we'll Oprah ask you? So we can cover those other issues later. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it later. And so I thought, okay, I've got to. I really want to help people to get ready for Valentine's. Yeah. And yeah. And so can you just start in on you, you know the, the most important thing about the five sex languages? And well, kind of like, all, you know, however you want to do that. You really want to help people, and that just shows so much, and that's just beautiful. And, you know, for, for people listening, you know, as, as Valentine's coming up, it's a special thing. You know, first, before we talk about sex, make sure that you, you make a reservation, do something fun, make sure you're praying together, because that really means more to your spouse than sexuality in most cases. Make sure you're sharing feelings, make sure that you're praising them. Send them positive texts. Tell them they're wonderful. Tell them they're hardworking. Tell them you appreciate them. You know, then you can start making some incredible uh, sexuality encounters because you have to have that intimacy as a foundation. It's one of the things we talk about in the five sex languages. Intimacy is first, and most men don't get that. I mean, Anne, if I could, if I could put a chip in most men's head, it would be share your feelings. <laughs> I agree. Women like to hear your feelings, and they want you to hear theirs. And if you can get emotionally intimate and spiritually intimate, that's great. Then if you can understand how uh, your spouse is scripted for sexuality, you're going to have a much better time. 
Well, and that's the thing, isn't it? To help understand each other brings you closer. And that that a lot of women that um, that fear or that um, hesitancy or dislike about being touched, a lot of that is because they don't feel understood. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole show on understanding women. It's in the servant marriage where we talk about there is a there, uh, there's a tool that men, if they can get it, they can really understand women. They can hear their feelings, ask them about their feelings, validate. Women want to be validated. Honey, it's valid that you feel that. It's valid that you feel that. That's true. That's real. You know, they want you to kind of visit their 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 sit in their chair. And then if you if you had anything to do with it, take responsibility. And if you know, ask her what she needs or wishes, and if it's reasonable, do it. That formula really helps women to calm down. And if a woman doesn't feel understood, she's not going to feel really that excited about an intimate encounter. No. You know, and I and think I, that's where you, you, you talk about the dread women feel. It's not the dread of sexuality. Most women actually like sexuality. What they don't like is sexuality without the context of you valuing me, you hearing me, you supporting me, and, and seeing that there's things to be done, and you just do them without me being your mommy. And hearing me when I have a, an issue, don't fix me, hear me. You know, then they want to be with their lover because their lover loved them. You know what I mean? Yes, very much. And I think that women tend to do the, you know, on the other side of it is tend to get disgusted with men with, from the way that they feel loved and, and their needs, you know. And so they mm-hmm. can turn it around and then that guy doesn't feel valued. Yeah, well, if he's not being touched and praised, most times he's not feeling very valued. And if, and if, and if sexuality is becoming a non-conversation, if it's becoming a non, you know, a lot of couples... You know, you're a counselor, so we know the, the rules of uh, dysfunction, which are don't talk, don't trust, don't tell. And that can operate anywhere in your marriage, money, children, you know, uh, in-laws. But if it operates in the area of sexuality, you, will, you can't remember the last time you had an honest conversation. Right. You cannot that, remember the yeah. last time. So that right there tells you that your marriage has some dysfunction. And the five sex languages is a, is a roadmap to have that conversation. You know, we start off with, you know, what are the different languages? And I don't want to get into all of those because uh, they got to read the book. And then, but there is this other part of the book, and later in the book, we actually have couples. Now, Anne, you're a counselor, and you know, how, how many times have you heard couples frustrated near your sexuality, right? Oh, most of the time, actually. Yeah, a lot of times. And it's really good people, godly people even, and good-hearted people, but they don't have the language and they don't have kind of like, okay, let's start here and walk through this. So once you learn your spouse's sex language, which is important, then I take you through and say, okay, now in their sex language, let's walk through the entire sexuality thing. So I start off with your sexual environment. What are you providing in the environment as far as communication about sexuality, being playful or uh, using the language that, you, that your spouse has and using that in the environment? Then another you know, I don't even know how some people have kids, to be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, they don't know how to ask. You know, I've had, I mean, at least a thousand clients, I had to do the exercise where I have them ask each other to, to invite each other to sexuality. And they look at me like a cow at a new gate. I mean, you're from Texas. You know what that means, right? I mean, they yes. kind of like <laughs> tilt their head and go, I don't know what you mean, ask. I want you to ask your spouse for an intimate encounter. You know, I don't want you to use you statements. I want you to use I statements, and I don't want you to be vague. 
like all I do is like I rub their back and see if they're okay, or you know I turn the light on, or I flip the switch, or we turn the can. No, I don't want you to use caveman language. <laughs> I don't want you to use symbols. <laughs> kind of like a two-year-old. Use your words. I want you to use your words. And not only do I teach them how to use their words in the, in the five sex languages, but to use the words that really would be impactful to their spouse based on their language. So. So we got the environment so they can talk about how they want to maintain a, 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 an intimate sexual environment. And then we move them into, okay, how does your spouse want to be asked? Now, if you want to have a, a fun time at a conference, Ann, right. ask your couples that. How do you want to and be asked? How do you want to be asked for sex? Like, what would... You know, and I, I totally can see that because I mean, a lot can, of women get offended. on their faces right now, right? Yeah. Yes, I know. That's it's funny. Like, well, what do you mean? No, like... If, if you could write a couple scripts, and I'm not talking about controlling your spouse, but if you could give them the nuggets of ideas, what would open your heart to that encounter? And based on your love language, it's gonna, I mean, your sex language, it's going to be different. And so what might sound good to you, because it's your language, won't necessarily sound great to them. So you have to hear what would sound great to them. You know, like if someone has a desire love language, well, if you ask them, listen, I really want you oh my gosh, they're going to go through the ceiling even before you start because that is their sex language is to be desired. And so now they're already queued up to a higher experience even before you start, and you learn that because you learned their language. You know how to invite them instead of just kind of like touching their back and trying to figure it out. And then we move them into actually the, the beginning of the encounter, which is often called foreplay, and we what's the language you want to hear? Because, you know, I believe sex was made by God to be a holy communion, a fantastic experience. And most of us are not achieving that fantastic experience because we lack knowledge. Our peop- you know, the people suffer because of lack of knowledge. And the five-sex language gives them that. So then what is it during that, that stage of beginning that you would like to hear from me? And this is the funniest conversations to have. I and mean, right now, you can hear the silence in your audience, right? <laughs> right. Well, and I, I, I know because, you know, but, I know that if you have someone that is, says that they desire you right then, there is a personality that would expect intimacy right then, but, they, but there are another personality that may plan on it. They plan it for that night. And that sure, person they just said that to is like, why are we waiting till tonight? I thought it was right now. And so they both can get so frustrated and they and think the other one is just messed up when it's really they they have a different ways that they do that. And I can see that in the book. I'm like, oh, I hear that all the time. Oh, yeah, like, why would he plan sex? That's crazy. Why would he plan it for tonight? When he said it, I felt like he wanted me right then. And yet he planned it for tonight. Why? You know, oh, and yeah, it's clear communication. Yes. Right. <laughs> So then we actually, what's the language your spouse would like during the act? And what is the language that your wife, your husband or wife would like afterwards? That afterwards period is so important neurologically, chemically, spiritually, and emotionally. Very important. What's the language that they would want to hear? And when you can have a couple walk through that, when a woman can express, this is what I'd like to hear. This is what I really long for. And a man can do the same without shame without fear of being judged, because we already start the book off, you are different, okay? <laughs> you're different. Not just because you're man and woman, you're different. You're different because God created you different in a different sex language. So you're going to be different. So we don't have to try to compare or be the same or try to mold you into my image. Let me appreciate and, how, and celebrate how you're made. And, but having the language, like that's even that's a one, just one section 
in the five sex languages really transforms couples' lives because it's the first time they've actually walked through the entire process openly, honestly, heartfelt, and with clear language. And I, you know, and I think that the, there's there's even that test in the back the, that you do together. And I could see how that could be great for marriages and marriage conference, anything like that. But having that test, because that was my question. I wonder if he has a test. I wonder if he has a test. And then, the, you know, when you help each other really know how to ask. And my husband and I went through the book together. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is you. This is you. And I kept saying, where's me? Where's me? And he's like, well, <laughs> finally we got to the acceptance one and celebration. And it, it, it was like, that's me. But then you didn't have anything about asking. I don't think so. But I was like, well... I started thinking about that. Do I ever ask? And um, mm-hmm. and so for us, just having the conversation and going through mm-hmm. that, and we we are very we I would say are you know we felt like we're so much alike and we have this wonderful relationship, but we learned so much, and I learned a lot about me reading that. No good because it's, it's that's the purpose of it. It's just a way to kind of uh, give you language for who you are and for who they are. And what's really fun is like you're talking about, you know, you and I are counselors, so. We get the privilege of being in people's hearts and in their bedrooms, you know, and in their finances and different areas of their life. And so they open up to you and they teach you things. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things you just kind of tipped on is the asking, like making sure that's even proportionate. If one person's like 99% and the other person's 1%, well, that the other person, even if you never say no to them, is not feeling initiated toward, is not feeling you wanting them or moving toward them. And... There's a lot of mis- misinformation, especially in the female category, about, you know, you're a woman, so you shouldn't ask. No, you should be asking. He should be asking. Both ask. And that should be relatively equal so that you're both feeling desired by the other person. And so that's just, like, an important side point. And when you practice asking, like, I can't tell you, like, I had a couple in my office. Uh, I do three-day and five-day intensives. People fly from all over the country to help with their marriage or intimacy, anorexia, or sex addiction, whatever they're dealing with. But usually we have to deal with an area of sexuality that's a little broken, and we have, to, we have them ask each other and stuff like that. And it's amazing to me how many marriages that the one person, and it can be either one, the woman or the man, is doing 95% of the initiation. Right, and when I, totally I walk agree them that. through that inequity and, and say, we need to balance that out, you know, some people get really afraid because it's unfamiliar. I think so. And that by doing it in a safe place and practicing, it will practice often can feel mm-hmm. very strange when you're doing something different and change. And you do talk about the personalities that don't like change very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so good to do that. And to also the, instead of having symbols or touching, because we all, even in, I mean, marriages are so bad about making assumptions and believing mm-hmm. the person just should know. And I have told woman after woman after woman, don't think he should know because he doesn't. I mean, anytime you're thinking he should just know that, understand he doesn't. Yeah, I think that was, you know, God walked with Eve long enough that she expects man to read her mind too. I I think that's just something that happened along the way. (laughs) And, but, yeah, men don't know what you're thinking or feeling. You have to let them know, and they don't know what you need either. And um, it's really important to have that conversation. What motivated you to write this? I know in your practice, you work with, I mean, so many dysfunctional marriages and dysfunctional sexual problems with people. 
Well, you know, I think that's part of why. You know, when you're, when you're putting something together again and again and again, God shows you how to put it together well. You know, I deal with a lot of people who have sexual addiction, and so they're, they're immature sexually, and I had to grow them up sexually, so we had to develop these things to help them get there. And then we, you know, I coined the phrase intimacy anorexia, you know, where you feel married and alone and they're too busy for you, they blame you, they, they withhold love and praise and sexuality. And here's a couple who may not be having sex at all. So I'm working with both sides of the continuum. And, and God kept having me having to repair, having to repair, teach them how to communicate, teach them about each other. And over time, you know, as a counselor, how many times have you gotten epiphanies during counseling? Oh, oh gosh. Oh, my gosh. Lots. Yeah, hundreds of times. <laughs> I just tend to write them down. <laughs> Thousands, I don't know. <laughs> and, and so, but, you know, if you put yourself between you and a hurting person, God will show you things. He just will because it's important for them to have those things. It's not that I'm brilliant. It's just that he keeps giving me stuff to heal these, these broken areas. And, and sexuality seems to be a thing that really a lot of people have no language for, no training in, whether it's father to son, mother to daughter, or spouse to spouse. There's almost no training in the church on this stuff. And so and I do a lot of conferences on this, so I know. The pastor's like, you know, Doug, I'm so glad you're here because I can't talk about this stuff. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm here for. You know, and we have a great time, and the church gets stronger and healthier, and it's good. But the, um, I think what motivated me was this: God just kind of showed me, okay, I am showing you something here, and this works. And if you can, you know, do what I do, which is put it into a book, people will actually get help. It'll change their lives. And I'm like, okay, well, let's get that done. Let's let's knock this out. Show me what you're showing me. And it's really fun to see the ahas come on. You see that all the time in your office because uh, you, I can tell you're very intuitive. And that's what motivated me. It's like, you know, we need to get this to, to more than people who are flying in to do an intensive. We need to get this out to people all across the country so that they can have, you know, greater marriages. You know, one of the ways the enemy attacks Christian marriages, especially now with the Internet and the social media, is to seduce them into other relationships and other images. This helps the, the marriage stay strong. So you're not going out hungry. You're not going out confused. You're not going out unsatisfied. You're not going out with unmet needs in your heart. You're, you're full. You know, when I'm full in, I'm not looking at restaurants. No, me either. And I, and I, I, I like that in the book, you even talk about that. I have said many times with people, an addiction is just the surface problem. It's, it's a symptom of something gone wrong. So mm-hmm. once you, you know, once the sexual addict or anorexic gets better, they still have to work on how to love each other and really cherish each other and really get to the point where they just desire each other. And they can. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Absolutely. And, you, and that's what this book helps them do. Um, I, I do have a question, though. You talked about sexual anorexia. Mm-hmm. Is, is, there, is, that, um, is that a possibility in every one of these five languages, or is it more prone to a certain language? No, that's totally independent. It wouldn't matter what sex language you are. You wouldn't. Intimacy anorexia is the active withholding of spiritual, emotional, sexual intimacy. We have a book, workbook, and DVDs on that all by itself. But I can quickly give you the characteristics. The spouse stays, stays too busy for you. They blame you for the problems in the relationship. They withhold love, especially the way you like to be loved. Withhold praise. Withhold sex. Withhold spiritually. Um, are unwilling or unable to share their feelings with you. Have criticism either ongoing or ungrounded of you. Um, they, uh, sometimes they control around money, but you, they use anger or silence as a way to control in their relationship. And oftentimes you feel like a roommate. You feel married and alone. If that's what you've got going on, that intimacy is going to need to be healed because regardless of the sex language, 
they're not going to pursue you. And that so, feels very, yeah, it, can, it really does. Yes, and it, can it be. emotion. I mean, there's, there's millions of women and men living in those marriages. They can be healed. We see them every week in our office get healed. We have support groups, phone groups. There's lots of, lots of information on that now. And it's global. It doesn't matter. We get calls from South America, Asia, Europe. Uh, intimacy anorexia is a global issue. Well, can you tell people quickly how to, like, I know you're, tell them your website, um, how to reach you sure. in this well, segment couple, so they'll um, know five that. Five Sex Languages, Five Sex Language, either number or word, dot com, they can get the book. Um, if they want any of the other materials, drdougweiss.com. Our, our office number is 719-278-3708. And we also have an app, which is a free marriage tip every day and free recovery tips. And that's Dr. Doug's Tips. If they go to their app store, it's totally free. Every day we show up with either uh, quote, quotes from the book or a video stream or something to encourage their marriage to be better and better. So that's a great Valentine's gift that you're giving your audience and for free. That's wonderful, and I totally agree. And that's why I wanted to start with this one as soon as I heard about your book. Oh, my goodness. So we have to um, take a break in a minute, and when we get back, we are going to go into the roadblocks to um, deep sexual intimacy, and uh, Dr. Doug Weiss is going to teach us a lot about that, right? Sure, absolutely. And so we are going to take a break, and we ask you to come right back here, stay here with Doug Weiss, the Clinical Director of Heart to Heart Counseling and the Five Sex Languages. We'll see you right back here in a few minutes. Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com or email them at lifesolutions.com cc at yahoo.com it's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life what's stopping you is it other people your environment fear what could give you a push tune in to raising the bar with amy bredo our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain we'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are or if you even have no faith. 
you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Living Well. This is Ann Beal, and I have Dr. Doug Weiss, Clinical Director of Heart to Heart Counseling Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and President of the American Association for Sex Addiction Therapy here with us today. In our first half, we were talking about the five sex languages. And this is a book he's just come out with titled The Five Sex Languages. And um, he has been teaching us today all about that. And this segment, we're going to talk about the roadblocks, um, how to get an agreement sexually, and tips. And the five sex languages actually teach the language of sex that you and your partner are pre-wired to enjoy. And just so you know, once you learn your language, you can communicate and have sex on a more satisfying level. And that's Dr. Weiss's desire for us. With Valentine's coming up, we want you to be able to communicate and have sex on a more satisfying level. Everyone wants that. And romance is somewhat felt forced with Valentine's Day coming up. And we don't want you to feel that way. We want you to grow and enjoy in this Valentine's Day in 2016 just to feel so much closer and to have a fabulous, fabulous Valentine's, not only Valentine's Day, but I would call it maybe a Valentine relationship. So we want you to learn how to agree on what you do sexually how often you have sex, and so much more. So listen to Dr. Doug Weiss for this segment so you can learn about not only how to get the book and all the love languages from the book, but also the roadblocks and tips to have a great sexual relationship. Welcome back, Doug. Oh, it's good to be back in. Did you like my intro there? Yeah, and I think you're doing a fantastic <laughs> job, and I'm glad uh, you're in the Metroplex there, and people who are in the Metroplex, if they are struggling, they should come see you and chat about this stuff for sure. Yes, and we do actually have a lot of people come for sexual addiction recovery, sexual anorexia, but you have always been one of my, um, I, I use your, all your uh, supplies that you offer on your website. We even use your filter, the, is it the covenant? Mm-hmm. I can't think of what it's called. Yeah. Um, what, is, what is it called, your, your filter? Yeah, if they go to Dr. Doug Weiss, there's a porn blocker, and they can just click that and put it on their phone and their computers and protect their families and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really wonderful, and we've had so many couples do that. And I've even had, you know, females, women with sexual addiction that have gotten. Now, that's one of the things that I can't find anywhere else, and I know that there's some people that have been working with sexual addiction for quite a while, and they don't have that. You were the only place I found materials for women who are sexually addicted. Yeah, you know, I was doing conferences for years, and um, I'd have women come up and say, where's our book? And I'd go, you know, I'm a guy. And so, but after several women, it was like God just had me saying, do it. And so I had 26, I think, women help me write that book. And it's called She Has a Secret. And there's, there's a workbook that goes that. And we have phone group support for the women who are struggling with that because it's not just a, a male issue. And it is one of the roadblocks to dealing with, you know, having a successful sexual relationship with your spouse. If you have a secret, whether it's pornography, self-behavior, behavior with others, social media interactivity, if you have that uh, addictive kind of behavior going on, 
and you're not being honest about it, you're not in recovery, there's no way you're going to have a successful marriage in the area of sexuality because you have a secret there. And it's definitely, whether you're a woman, there's help for you. You don't have to struggle with those things alone, but, you know, the isolation is keeping you sick. The same thing with men, and you know this, if they can come to your office or my office or someplace and they can talk about it, they can start getting better. Most people, you know, they're deacons, they're in the church, they're trying to be good boys and girls, and they feel like, I can't talk about this. Well, when half the men in the church are struggling, we need to talk about it. And I have a whole, there's a whole book for on clean for, for men in the church. There's the final freedom for sexual addiction. There's she has a secret for female sex acts. And we've done a lot of work on this. You know, uh, as the president of the American Association, we have a whole training, 47 DVDs, just on this topic. And so there's so much support. There's so much help. So if this is the roadblock that you're struggling with, you know, definitely get the porn blocker for sure. But you want to start talking to someone of the same gender, start getting accountable, and get this moved out of your life. I've been free for almost 30 years, Ann, and I, and I take a polygraph to verify that. And I'm one of the few, I'm the only national, international person who I know who does a polygraph who verifies their sobriety. Because if, if God heals you, you can be verified, and you don't need to live in a secret world. And ladies, if you're married and you, and you just want to know, ask your husband about pornography. Ask him about those self-behavior. Because I remember I was in Canada, Ann. Is it okay if I tell you a quick story? Sure, please. I was in Canada, and I had a huge church in Canada, and I had about almost 800 to 1,000 ladies. And I said, now go home and ask your husband about these two things. When was the last time he viewed pornography? When was the last time he was, had sexual behavior with himself? Just go home and ask him. Well, Canadians are great people because they do what you tell them to do. Well, revival broke out in that church because the women actually asked the questions. The men stopped lying. And so I had the guys Friday night, and we had like a, a revival. They actually had me stay over and preach five services. I wasn't planning to, to be there. And because men got honest because women started asking the questions. So women, you can be engaged in this battle. Men, you can ask other men, how's it going with these areas? Because you want to protect the men in your church. So that's a huge roadblock for a lot of people. And I, I think that here, you know, here in Dallas, we have the Every Man's Battle workshops, and we, ha- you know, the, you know, Steve Otterburn has done some really wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful work sure. here. But the one thing that I think of is they prepare these men in those four days, and it really does change them immensely, their heart, their view of it, everything. I mean, I see that. But then they come home, and they've been taught to really not have a leaky faucet, just let everything out and tell everything. Just get it all out. It's better to do that than have a leaky faucet. But the tough thing I think of is that the women aren't quite prepared. But I, and so when I hear yeah. what you just did, and you say what you did at that church, what you did was that the, all those hours with that with those women was you helped them understand the men mm-hmm. and the issues so that they were willing and open to hearing from the men. And when they asked them, they truly wanted to know. They didn't ask them to leave them or to, right. you know, oh, yeah. anything totally. no, like that. Deal. Yeah. Yeah, you're and right. I, and there's a DVD I, called Now That I Know What Should I Do If Women Are Struggling, you know, with their, their husband just found out. That's a great thing. And then there's a lot of guys who they don't really get what they've done to their wives. I mean, how many times have you heard women say, they don't get it? They don't get what they've done. And I it. see it. I see it. And I really, for me, the only the thing that you know, I only have so many things to hold on to. One of the things is it takes time or if they go to workshops that really work for them, the every man's battle one and the one that you have. Those are the only two I know of. And, well, and in a short thing, amount DVD, of time. There's a DVD called Helping Her Heal, and it's designed for men. And, and it has had miraculous impacts on men really getting what has happened to their wife in this roadblock, because 
Um, it's me taking what I've heard from women for almost over 25 years and putting it in man language. And I can tell you, men are changed after that video. So if that's an area, there's lots of resources. So that's, that's one of the three roadblocks we talked about in the, the book. Uh, the second one is the one you've mentioned earlier, is the intimacy anorexia. You know, yes. that's a huge roadblock. If your spouse doesn't want to be intimate with you, it's really hard to have a great sex life, no matter what your language is. And it really does devastate these people. You know, I have women, too, that from the time they got married, you know, even if they were sexually active before marriage, once they get married, there's no intimacy. And, and you know, the women just feel like, okay, because a man, the stereotype is the man is supposed to desire them. And so when they are never asked and never wanted, it kills them. And it's exactly the same thing for men. Yeah, if they're never asked, painful. never wanted, yeah. It's painful they to feel unwanted and unloved. And if that's, if that's the roadblock you're dealing with, there's help for that in that intimacy anorexia stuff. Uh, for sure, and you want to get help with that, uh, w w regardless of what gender you are. Um, and then the third roadblock is, you know, sexual trauma. You know, I'm a, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse, you know, and I'm a recovering addict. I've been, but the sexual trauma was a huge issue, and I had to learn how to cleanse my temple, do the anger, do the forgiveness, you know, move through that. So if you, and, and what's sad is there are many marriages where something happened to you, whether same gender or opposite gender, when you were a child or you were a teenager, and you've never told anyone, including your spouse. And it is affecting the way that you can present sexually. And so you want to, if that's an issue, you want to heal that. You want to go to a counselor like Ann or someone there and, and start, you know, you're nationwide, you know, find someone who can uh, help you with that because you deserve to have your land. God gave you a land, and that land includes your sexuality. And no man or no woman has the right to take that from you, past, present, or future. And you want to fight for that land so that you can be the best that you can be inside your marriage for yourself and as well for your spouse. And sexual um, trauma, I mean, I find it can either cause the anorexia or it can cause the promis promiscuity. Yeah, hyper, but either hyper or hyposexuality. Absolutely, you're right. And I know that for me, what happened with me was images would come in my head anytime someone touched me. I never, ever said that to anybody until I got in counseling for, for um, sexual abuse. And, sure. and for me, those images, even though I never spoke it out, they kept me from being uh, fulfilling and trusting and really feeling safe. And sure. so that changed my life. And I yeah. didn't, but I didn't say it in the group I was in. Somebody else said it, and then all the other women said it, and then I finally could say it, you know. But I couldn't have imagined telling anyone. I definitely couldn't have imagined telling my spouse. But once I did, and we worked through that, it's been wonderful. Yeah, it, and, and most spouses are pretty good about that. You want know, to talk to a counselor first and prepare yourself to do that. But it's a, it's very powerful to be free. You know, you don't let your perpetrator define you. Let Jesus define you. You do not want your perpetrator to define who you are spiritually, emotionally, or sexually. But what you said is really key, is your body still holds the memory. And so sometimes a touch in a certain area um, can, can lead to being triggered. And once you can manage those triggers and you can actually move through that and you can engage fully, you're going to be able to enjoy a different level of sexuality. When you're able to know what your language is, you can even teach your spouse and, and work on that together so that you're really able to have everything that God designed you to have. You know, as Christians, we're, we're entitled to be free. It's our birthright to be free, whether it's free from addiction, free from anorexia, free from abuse. We are entitled to that freedom because he died, he rose from the dead, and he wants us to have abundant life. Not just 
to go to heaven. He wants us to have abundant life now, spiritually, emotionally, financially, sexually, relationally. And it's our birthright to have that. So if you're struggling, it's your birthright to be free. And I've had to do the work. I'm not talking from some place like, you know, some egghead who thinks he knows something. I've been there. I've been abused. I've been addicted. I know what it's like. And I did my work. And because I did my work, God can now use me to heal other people. And he'll do the same with, with those in your audience who need to take that next step of honesty, that next step of moving forward. And it'd be a great gift to give to yourself this Valentine's Day. Well, the getting an agreement, because um, I know we talked about the roadblocks, getting an agreement, that's what this book helps you do, right? Mm-hmm. To get yeah, an agreement. Whole, the, the chapter on uh, getting an agreement, you know, Amos 3.3 talks about how can two walk together unless they be agreed, right? Right. And yet in the area of sexuality, and I think more because of a lack of knowledge than anything, I really work with a lot of couples with good hearts, just a lack of knowledge. Um, but they're not in agreement sexually because they don't even know they can be. They don't even know they can actually figure this thing out. And I remember very early in my marriage, I'm talking like months, I told Lisa, we are not going to fight about sexuality for 70 years because mm. she has really good health. So she's probably going to be at least 90 until she dies. I'm like, we're <laughs> not going to do this. We have to figure this out. And so we did. And we created what we call the sexual agreement. And we still have it today. And we'll be married 30 years in a couple months. And the sexual agreement allows you to know when you're going to have sex, how often you're going to have sex, who's going to initiate sex. So I know when I'm going to have sex. And it's awesome. And as a, so let me tell you why a sexual agreement works, in, and this is really important. Uh, women, uh, men have sexual anxiety because they don't know when sex is going to happen. It's just like food. If you don't tell a man when he's going to eat, the longer he doesn't know, the more anxiety he has. And if you've raised mm-hmm. sons, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They don't come home and say, hi, Mom, how was your day? What was, your, you know, what was going on with you? It's like, Mom, when are we eating? When are we eating? That's so true. Right? Because they have <laughs> yes. anxiety because they don't have the information. Once you get the information, they go off and play and they come back when you tell them to. And so, so the agreement works for men because it lowers their sexual anxiety a lot. For women, it, it lowers the reverse sexual anxiety. Women like to know when they're not having sex. They would like to know that that back rub is really just you being kind or that you put the kids to bed because you're a good dad, not because you're trying to get brownie points. And so it works for everybody, and it's a really simple concept, but it's so profound. And this has changed marriages all over the, all over the country and world. So your audience is getting a free chapter right now that they can apply. And so in this free chapter, what we talk about is how to set this up. Establish how frequent together you want to be uh, sexual. And this is really important because one person might say four, one person says two, okay, then negotiate it three or rotate back and forth, however you agree on it, but it's really important that you agree. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to take flexibility because God's probably given you both different levels of appetite so that you have to stretch to love. This whole thing is so that we look like Jesus at the end of it. The whole thing is so that we, we stretch to love. And if we do, we look more like him. And, the, and so the your second. spouse wants to make you happy, and that's why it's so important to be honest so that you truly can come to a really good agreement and not just defer to what they want, because then you will be suffering in silence and, sure. and not get to experience this wonderful, joyful sexual intimacy that Dr. Weiss is telling us about. Well, I'll never forget. I had a couple, and they were actually from Texas. They were from the Metroplex. And uh, they, they, they weren't having sex, but every maybe six, eight weeks, 12 weeks, something like that. And they were you know, 30 years old, very professional, very successful couple. And so 
so I said to her, I said, well, how often do you want to be sexual? She goes, well, two or three times a week. Okay, that'd be average for your age. Sir, how often would you? Well, two or three times a week. Okay, so you both want to be sexual two or three times a week, but you're only having sex every eight to 12 weeks. Well, when mm-hmm. it got down to the bottom of it, he thought she was supposed to initiate. She thought he was supposed to initiate it. So they would get mad at each other for about four to six or eight weeks because the other person wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. And once I taught them to initiate together and get an agreement, they're having regular sexuality the rest of their marriage. Okay, that was probably 20 years ago. And so you, you establish your frequency. Then, you, you, like everything in the kingdom of God, you need to manage it. Okay, your time, your money, your energy, your relationships, sexuality, some level of management. And it doesn't matter how you manage it. It just matters that you agree. So some of the ideas we talk about in the five sex languages is this. You can, some people, you're too busy. Just pick days, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay, great. And, you know, if, you get, if you're running off the choir and she's got the kids and you've got Girl Scouts and in Taekwondo and piano lessons, sometimes that's all you've got left. And I get that, depending on what stage of your marriage you're in. Some people split the week in half. She gets half the week, he gets half the week. They initiate and they pick up the frequency and they rotate initiation based on splitting the week. Some people rotate either days or weeks. So if you're rotating a week, one week it's his week, he initiates the blank number that you agreed upon. The next week she initiates the blank number that you agreed upon. Some people rotate days. Now, this one's kind of funny, Ann, because it can, it can um, be as little or as much, depending on the couple. So, like, if it was your turn, Ann, you'd have up to three days to initiate. What's your husband's name? Jim. Jim? So then Jim would get uh, three days as well. So once you initiate, so to say day one, you're good. Day two, you initiate towards Jim. You ask him to be sexual. Hey, I want to make love to you. He says, great, because he's a good guy, Jim is, right? And so yes. then you, you have your encounter. And then the next day because becomes his first day. He can initiate that day, the second day, or the third day. And then so you can, have, you can be sexual two or three times a week, or you can be sexual seven times a week, depending on your appetites or whether you're on vacation or you got more time or energy or whatever. And so that way just the ball just bounces back and forth like ping pong. And then the third part of the agreement, which is really – uh, important is that each person has a consequence if they say no for non-medical reasons or if they don't ask when it's their turn. Hmm. And so he might say, okay, I'll detail your car. She might say, I'll clean the garage or I'll cook a meal or I won't cook a meal or whatever the consequence is. I'll give $50 to the political party I don't vote for. It just has to be painful enough. You go, we don't, you know what? I don't want to play a game with my spouse sexually because That's, so many people, they, they play games with sexuality. They shouldn't play games. And God's a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. And our sexuality should have some semblance of order. Does that make sense, Anne? Yes, because I think that I think that what people don't realize, it's it's the deepest level of intimacy that you can have in your relationship. And then it's also the deepest wound mm-hmm. that you can harm someone with mm-hmm. when you have that close of a relationship. It, it, it is. It wounds people when you do that and you use sex as a weapon, which is Absolutely. what they, you know. I mean, you knew when you went down the aisle, you signed up for something. And so you just have to have clear communication. And so, again, going back to the five languages, you, you just have clear communication. But when you get to this, okay, how often do we want to do this? You know, we have so much time. And it, and it needs to stay consistent. You know, that's one of the things where if you've got a couple, it's twice here and then it's four weeks later and it's twice here, there's going to be aggravation, frustration, built-up tension, built-up stress, all unnecessary if you're consistent Everybody knows, hey, this is happening. I'm, I'm not hungry. I'm not going out wounded or hurt. You know, if there's an extreme sickness or situation, everybody understands that. That's good Christian behavior. 
But under normal circumstances, this is kind of our appetite level mutually, and we can both live with this, and we're good. And just brings so much peace into your marriage. Like, you know, I travel around. I talk about sex a lot. I don't want to be, oh, my gosh, I gotta, how, how am I going to get Lisa to agree with me tonight? No, it's my week. It's my night. It's, we're going to be sexual. You know, and if it's her week, I know how often it's going to happen. I'm like, okay, well, one's down, so we've only got four days left, so probably it's night or tomorrow, so I can live with that. You know what I mean? You know, that's interesting because there's so many things about that that still leaves some um, spontaneity to it. It's mm-hmm. not mechanical. But also, you know, it's funny because I have families come together for family meetings. I have um, spouses do date nights and switch off date nights so that mm-hmm. they can, one gets the planet, the other one gets the planet, all that kind of stuff. This is right. very similar, but it's sexually, come to sexual agreements. Yeah, we have that in the, in the intimacy book uh, for marriage. We have the rotating date stuff. That's really helpful, but it's the same kind of thing. You know, and you just want to live in peace. You know, as much as it's possible, live at peace with one another. You know, that should show up in our marriage, our, our finances, our sexuality, and how we parent. And, you know, when you're at peace sexually with your spouse, you're at a deeper level of peace than most people experience in marriage. You know, and I'm so grateful I have a godly wife, and we've worked this out very early. And I am at peace sexually. You know, I just know when it's going to happen. I, I, she, she communicates during uh, sexuality, and it changes my heart. Even if I'm having kind of a, an off day, oh, my gosh. I mean, just being loved by a woman of God is huge. And the same for women. I mean, you can talk about that, Anna. And, you know, it feels, what the, I mean, it feels there's something it gives to you that Jim looks into you, loves you, speaks to you, and you know that you're his precious. And you can just go to sleep. You can rest. It's so wonderful. I, I, and for, for women out there, people out there that think an agreement is like a contract carved in stone, you can tweak it. That would be Absolutely. something you could tweak based on how it's working out, you know, if it's too much or too little or whatever. I mean, you can do that. And I think that these these wonderful ideas from Dr. Doug Weiss have, you know, Doug, just thank you so much. I mean, I think for people to hear this, they would think it would free up their fears and their desires so much. Well, I hope so. I hope it puts an appetite in some people to go to the five six line, which is get the book, whether iBook or eBook or whatever. Get it. And just take the step and walk through this. Now, you know, and it's just important for Christians, you know, when God gives us an opportunity to learn and grow, I want to take it, whether it's physically, whether it's spiritually, whether it's emotionally, I want to take the next level because I know if I do, there's even a level beyond that. And so, you know, if you're in any way feeling like this would be helpful to grow, just get the book, you know, walk through it together, and enjoy the journey the rest of your life because sexuality is a lifelong journey. I tell people sexuality is multiple decades of learning. Okay, so you don't know everything you're going to know 10 years from now. So if you can learn now some amazing things, then your journey in the next 10 or 15, 20 years is going to even be better. It's going to be wonderful. Can you tell people how to reach you and spell your name for them? Yeah, it's Douglas Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. Okay, so if they just Google, you know, Douglas Weiss, I'm going to come up everywhere, pages. Yeah. Um, so it's Dr. Douglas Weiss. The, uh, the phone number is 719-278-3708, 278-3708. And that, can go right to, that goes right to my office. And then our, um, the, the webpage for this book is the five sex languages, number or word. And if they want drdougweiss.com, there's lots of materials that can help them, you know, raise their kids' sexual purity and enhance their marriage, uh, recover, anorexia, lots of stuff. Because, I mean, God's been having me helping people for almost, I mean, gosh, I hate to say this, Anne, but almost three decades, <laughs> you know, when it's been a blast. 
Well, and you've learned so much and helped so many people. And I, I think for you, the thing that's so unique is you're able to package it for people so everyone out there can learn and, and grow it for themselves, for their marriage, for their life, mm-hmm. to be successful. Because all of these problems, the roadblocks, weigh you down in your social life, in your mm-hmm. occupational life, you know, not just in your marriage or relationship. No, and it, it hurts the church because then you're not going to do your ministry. You're not going to volunteer and help men out. You're not going to be in the women's leadership or missions thing, or you're not going to do stuff because you're feeling dragged down in your marriage. If, and I tell all pastors this, the marriage is the building block of the church. If that DNA in the marriage is healthy, you're going to have a healthy church because healthy marriages make healthy churches. Because if you're feeling fulfilled in your marriage, you then have the energy to reach out to your community or your church ministry and advance the kingdom. If, if, if the enemy can get you drugged down in your marriage, you're not going to have the confidence, the support, and the encouragement that marriage gives you to go out and change the world. I know because my marriage, we do the, the three dailies. We pray together, share feelings, praise each other. We date regularly, sex is regularly. My marriage has been really healthy for the entire 30 marriage. And so because of that, that strength lets me go out and do conferences, lets me go out and do media stuff, lets me do the things to advance the kingdom of God, write the books I want to write, because I know my marriage is really good. And I look forward, you know, we're going on vacation soon. I'm looking forward just to having Lisa all of myself. It's just wonderful. She's my best friend, and she's been that for almost three decades. And uh, I just love her. And so, you know, pastors, you know, get the books, pass them out, because if you can, if you can help couples, I had a, a friend of mine, uh, he has a pastor's a pretty significant church here in town, and when we did the book Clean, he literally bought that book for every man in his church to be clean. And it totally changed the landscape of his church, because men then stood, stood up in ministry, and his church has grown incredibly. The same thing with the five sex language. You teach them how to have a good marriage. They can step into ministry, you know, which well, is really a beautiful thing. Well, and I think that, I think... Um... I think definitely, even in business, one of the things that CEOs, even millionaire, the millionaire mindset says that if you have a good relationship, you can be the most successful people or person in the world because you don't have to worry about all the personal stuff to bring you down. Thank you so much, Dr. Weiss. We have to close. We could go on and on and on. So no, we're going to have to have you on for many shows. Awesome I thank you so you're much. You're also an awesome host, and that doesn't always come together, too. So thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, and thank you, everyone, for listening to Living Well, and we hope that you start preparing for a wonderful Valentine's Day. Take care and live well. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.